In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and to my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Today in the first reading, we have a passage from the, from the prophet Isaiah, who is writing around the 5th century uh, at a time when the people were quite uh, disillusioned after, after they had returned from captivity in Babylon. It had been a terrible captivity. And now they were expecting everything to be much better, but no sooner had they come back that squabbles arise between the classes. There's greed. Lots of people start hoarding stuff. And there are others that are experiencing poverty. Some are well off, but many are quite poor. So there is disillusionment, there is uh, discouragement. So what does he do to lift them up? Well, he promises that a new servant is coming. And this is the, the reading that is given to us today on the solemnity of the nativity of John the Baptist. And you can see how this reading could be seen to be applied to St. John the Baptist. It was eventually, of course, applied to, to our Lord himself. But in front of this discouragement, he lifts them up by promising a new servant of the Lord, that a new servant is coming, <coughs> someone who will really restore the city of Zion. Hear me, he says, O coastlands, listen. Old distant peoples, so people in the coastlands. Now he's imagining people far away, like way out there. The Lord called me from birth. From my mother's womb, he gave me my name. He made me, uh, he made of me a sharp-edged sword and concealed me in the shadow of his arm. He made me a polished arrow in his quiver. He hid me. You are my servant, he said to me, Israel, through whom I show my glory. <coughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's hard to understand exactly who is speaking, who he is referring to, but uh, he has a deep consciousness of his vocation. I was... I was uh, called, the Lord called me from birth, from my mother's womb, he gave me my name, deep, deep sense of that. And uh, this will be, Jesus will be the light of the nations. And this is he whom John the Baptist would come to proclaim. 
John the Baptist himself had a deep, deep conviction of his mission. He too leapt in his mother's womb. And uh, his life was not one where you go from one interesting thing to another. You go from one adventure to the next. But he deeply felt that he was on a mission. He was a mission, on a mission from God. This was his purpose, to point the way to the Lord. And it is this uh, conviction of St. John the Baptist that we want to examine in our prayer today as we picture him. I mean, right, right from the moment uh, of his birth, he was greeted as a prophet. Uh, and you, child, will be called prophet of the Most High because you will go before the Lord and prepare the ways for him. Because when we when we picture when we picture Saint John the Baptist, he is described as a voice crying in the wilderness. We picture him wearing camel's hair, which must not have been neither fashionable nor very comfortable to wear. And he's got long hair. He eats grasshoppers, probably a vegetarian diet, not exactly the most appealing diet. And uh, he, he lives a very ascetical life, and he calls to repentance. And sometimes you see these images of John the Baptist like that outside in the desert. And... Uh, it's not the most appealing image. Perhaps as we do our prayer, we might, be, we might find it more appealing to go to Ain Karim, where Mary was with Jesus and Joseph, and there came also his cousin John and uh, his mother Elizabeth. And there, you can also see this in many paintings, you see Mary and Elizabeth and little John and little Jesus playing around with the toys of the time and they're fiddling about and there we can see sometimes little Jesus goes to the, to the lap of Mary, sometimes John to the lap of, uh, of Elizabeth. They're little children, they're little, they, they play around they play like simple children. He's not yet that great prophet that we imagine. He's been born for this. And uh, he was really sent by God. And indeed, he was nurtured in his mother's womb. How beautiful that, that phrase that God knits us together there in our womb. It's funny that some people describe the fetus as only a clump of cells in order to justify abortion. They'll say, oh, it's just, a, it's just a clump of cells. Perhaps to emphasize how meaningless just a clump of cells are, just a meaningless clump of cells. That just a clump of cells don't really have a purpose, don't really have a vocation, so you don't need to really protect it. It's just a clump of cells. 
And, uh, but of course, if an embryo is in a clump of cells, well then why isn't an adult a clump of cells? Because we're, I'm, I'm just a bigger, bigger clump of cells, that's all. But, but here we now, we just pictured Jesus with John, little John, little John. And they play around. There's a beautiful painting by Leonardo showing the two playing and it became a, came a common theme among artists showing them but with time those playthings though they are appealing to us and, and when, we, when we do our prayer we don't have to pray we don't have to say anything we don't have to recite a prayer we just have to contemplate them praying or rather playing around with each other just contemplate them with Mary there. Just, just look. Just look. That in and of itself is already for us contemplation and it brings us closer to God because we know that, of course, little John the Baptist there, the child, and then little Jesus, they have that divine mission. God gave a mission to John. It was a unique but at the same time, it was common. He was going to be the voice crying in the wilderness to make the way, to to make way for the Lord. To make way for the action of grace in souls around him. And this is why he calls to repentance. And he's not going to call to repentance without he himself also living a life of penance. That's that's what he comes to understand as he gets older. He realizes that I played a lot with my cousin. I fiddled around. I did fun things. But now I'm called. This is my mission to a life of repentance. Because the only thing that, the only obstacle to God, to God is sin. But what exactly was his mission? It was repentance. It was a voice crying in the wilderness. But we know that this passage, to be a voice crying in the wilderness from Malachi, is taken up again in the Gospel. And when he, when he is speaking of John the Baptist and his mission, because he is the prophet Elijah, who was supposed to come. John the Baptist is Elijah, who was supposed to come. And so the role of John the Baptist is to prepare the way for the new covenant, for the entire new covenant. He's, he's uh, in between the two covenants. He's the old covenant, belongs to the Jewish law, but he's preparing the way. He's, he's like, a, like a bridge. And uh, his fundamental grace through the mission of Jesus and the, and the gift of the Holy Spirit is to make us understand how completely God's heart is toward is turned toward us in love, in mercy, and to invite us to turn our hearts to God the Father. That's his mission. With the trust, with the love of children, which he must have experienced with Elizabeth, with Mary, with Jesus as a child. That's his mission. 
to help others, right, to prepare the way and help others to turn to God the Father and in His mercy. And uh, through Jesus, God becomes our Father and we become His children. That's why we remember that the resurrected Christ said to Mary Magdalene, go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. I'm going to, you know, to my God and to your God. This is the God that John the Baptist was trying to reveal to us. And um, this is something great for us to perceive, to understand. Now naturally, for him to do that, he had to be very humble. He never imposed himself. He was really a great example of pure, disinterested fatherhood. As we see in chapter 3 of St. John, when the crowds, little by little, ceased coming to John the Baptist. At first, he was, the, he was in the center of attention. Everybody wanted to go to him. Everybody wanted to know who he was. Many thought he was the Messiah. But when he pointed people to Jesus, of course, they stopped going to him. They started to prefer Jesus. And, of course, John the Baptist had disciples, and this troubled some of John the Baptist's the disciples. But that, it didn't trouble John. On the contrary, it made him rejoice. No one can receive anything except what is given from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him he who has the bride is the bridegroom the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice therefore this joy of mine is now full he must increase but I must decrease so we can imagine as John the Baptist was leading more people to Jesus, he was actually increasing in joy because his mission was being realized. This happens to us when, when we lead souls to Christ and people don't know that we were somehow involved in that or that we in some way had a role to play in that. Our father described directing souls the idea of bringing a soul closer to, to, to God just to lead them to pray, just to teach them something that they didn't know, that this has to be for us a dominant passion, the dominant passion of leading souls to Christ, not leading them to like us, not leading them to, I don't know, agree with us. It's... it's you know, the spiritual direction, the guidance, really has to be one where we end up disappearing. But maybe we, we like them to agree with us. We want them to, 
to see our role. I would say that John the Baptist was probably quite passionate. He was probably quite fiery. He was probably quite charismatic and maybe even quite entertaining. I mean, there was a, a reason why so many people came to him. He was, he was uh, like the star of the show. But he was not angry. He was very resourceful with the meager diet that he had. And that led people to ask questions. But there would have been a deep joy as he directed souls to Jesus. But there will also have been a deep joy just when he found a new bug, you know, that he could eat, you know, <laughs> and devour. And he found a big bug, you know. Yeah, I, I think he was probably uh, quite humorous, you know, clothed as he was. We imagine him very grave and serious. But true penance doesn't lead to excessive gravity or excessive seriousness. And uh, as, we, as we picture him, both as a child, he's playing and having fun. And as an adult, he's joyful too, because his mission is being realized. The joy, the passion, the, the enthusiasm of leading souls to Christ. Even though he was quite rough, even though he was, he was probably every day losing more weight, right? emaciated, but it was all for one purpose. To really to open souls around him to the Lamb of God. The Gospel says he was neither eating bread nor drinking wine. So even, even he didn't, you know, he had a, he had a pretty, yeah, pretty rough diet meant, well, vegetarian, but he would, I guess he would avoid bread since it has to be processed through grain and then he shuns alcohol. But he didn't need any of those things to make him happy or to make him rejoice. I can imagine many people being very intrigued by him. And even Herod liked to listen to him, even Herod. That's saying quite something if John the Baptist had this meager vegetarian diet with weird gra grasshoppers and, uh, and Herod, on the contrary, had a very luxurious life. He had soft robes, clothed in soft robes, as the, the gospel says, because he was clothed in soft robes that, and who lived luxuriously in king's palaces. It's quite a contrast. It means that John, his very life, not just his words, his words, of course, but also his way of living must have been intensely convincing if somebody like Herod who was used to such luxury and you know just a very a life of ease he saw something in the way John the Baptist lived as well as what he what he said of course maybe it was what he saw lived that opened him 
to say, well, he must have something to say here if he lives like that. And all of us must find a way to make it easier for relatives, easier for friends to meet God. And they somehow will be touched when they see that our goal is not to live a comfortable life, or a life of ease, a life of luxury, a life of gar gar soft garments, as we say. We are, let's call it that, normal. We live in the world. It's a, it's a unique balance that we have to approach or acquire. And uh, from this dealing with our friends and colleagues and, and, and relatives and so forth, well, we, we come to see them as God sees them. And there we experience in each person in front of us a unique person that is unrepeatable, that has also a mission from God, that has been loved by God, and that stirs up in us some great joy, just as it did in John the Baptist. If we can see in front of each person that comes here, each new person, somebody unique, somebody unrepeatable, because she is loved, because she is wanted by God the Father in heaven. And of course, John the Baptist had a very special vocation. It was the, the vocation to be like a bridge, a, a way to prepare the way for the Lord. He was on the cusp of the Old Testament dispensation, and on the New, he serves as a bridge, the bridge between the Old Testament and the New Bridge. And he had to be, therefore, a good, solid bridge that led people to the real mediator, which was Jesus himself. He had to be a well-built bridge. I remember some years ago in Montreal, the news came that there was an overpass, I think it was around Laval or something, that, that suddenly came crashing down just as cars were going across. Well, actually, just as one car was going across, it was traveling across and whatever the structure fell was unsound structurally and it came down and it was a family inside and as I recall um, they, they drove across it and the, and the child in the, in, the, in the car died and it was a big investigation but, but people were very very um, emotionally affected by the image of a family going and the child dying mm -hmm. over a bridge that should have been structurally sound. It was a great tragedy. And of course it required an investigation why this bridge was not strong enough. I mean, it was public works. Uh, it didn't hold up. Mm -hmm. And we have to hold up. We have to, and we can, we hold up with our words, but with our life. We cannot give a bad example. Uh, we can't, you know, if a bad example of, uh, of maybe getting upset sometimes or, or getting annoyed or, or being a bad example. John the Baptist would not have been a bad example. He would have been a good example. And part of that good example would have been one of joy and a great humility to lead Jesus, to lead souls to Jesus. And that way he inaugurated 
really what you might call the Christian form of prophecy, which the Christian form of prophecy is not to proclaim things in the future. You know, the, in the Old Testament, like, like Isaiah, he talks about somebody coming in the future, the servant coming, right? Um, you are my servant, he said to me, through whom I shall show my glory. So he's giving them hope of somebody in the future. Well, the Christian form of prophecy is not about a future because he's already come. Jesus has come. But rather, it's pointing to him where he is here and now. That's what John the Baptist did. And uh, we have to be prophets in that sense when we do spiritual direction, when we do apostles. We have to be prophets by pointing to the Lord here and now, here in the tabernacle, here in the way the people that we know do their work in their family life. And so between John's preaching and the preaching of Jesus, there is a qualitative leap. The, the littlest one of the new order is superior to the greatest one of the old order. Jesus, John the Baptist is of the old order, but he's pointing to the new order. Our Lord said, Blessed are your eyes because they see and your eyes and your ears because they hear. Truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see and did not see it, and long to hear what you hear but did not hear it. And, and this is what we must point to in daily life. One preacher of the papal household recounts how Canta la Mesa, he recounts how in 1992 he was on a retreat for priests in Monterrey, Mexico, and it was on the f- 500th anniversary of the evangelization of Latin America, and there were many priests there and bishops present, and and he spoke uh, during the homily. He spoke about the urgent need of prophecy, like pointing to Jesus now. And he said that uh, after communion there was a, a prayer for a new Pentecost in small groups that were scattered throughout the basilica and he said I, he stayed in the sanctuary area there while there were these prayers going on and then he said that at a certain moment a young priest came to me in silence he said he knelt down in front of me and with a look I will never forget said to me bendígame padre quiero ser profeta de Dios Bless me, Father, for I want to be a prophet for God. He said a chill went down my spine because I saw that he was plainly moved by grace. Well, we can tell our Lord that now. Bendiga mi Padre, quiero ser profeta de Dios. Bless me, Father. I want to be a prophet. I want to really do the apostolate that you want and point point souls to, to you and meanwhile I disappear like John the Baptist disappeared in the meantime we can contemplate Jesus and John the Baptist as children just contemplate without saying anything and enjoy their the time just as Mary would have and Elizabeth would have in that time we will be prophets of God 
pointing souls to you, Jesus. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you all to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.